Yo, 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 the audio is on this time, the microphone was off, but now we are good, technical issues figured out, today is Monday, August 23rd, this is the Alcast with Alex Adams, the Ottawa Valley's number one football and fighting podcast, with your boy, lots of going on in the world of boxing this weekend, of course we had the bout between Manny Pacquiao and late replacement Jordanis Ugas, We'll talk about that as well as upcoming fights in the MMA world. We've seen some big headlines come out. Uh, obviously, we had the fight night over the weekend. I watched the um, live commentary on the Fair One podcast. Shout out to Fab, great YouTube channel, great um, podcast. Is the former coach of UFC uh, ex-middleweight champion Robert Whitaker. And uh, I really like how he talks about fights and the the channel he's um, on. So free plug to the Fair One podcast. Big fan of you guys. And yeah, I was watching his commentary while I was following along with the Jared Cannonier Calvin Gastelum fight night card. We'll also talk about some other fights coming up on the UFC fight nights leading up to uh, the big pay-per-view in September. And in the NFL, of course, we always finish the show off talking some football as well. We're still uh, in the preseason part. We're seeing some significant injuries starting to happen, unfortunately, in these preseason games, as well as some other headlines from the world of football. So we'll talk about that. Anyways, getting back to the top of the show, let's start off with the world of boxing in the squared circle. We saw Manny Pacquiao versus Dennis Ugas in the biggest fight on the weekend at welterweight going down. Uh, it started out pretty even, I'd say. Both guys kind of matching each other's punch numbers and power punches early on the first few rounds, really looking to feel each other. Not an incredible amount of punches landed, especially for a Manny Pacquiao fight. He's always been known for his output kind of and his speed in the welterweight division, obviously slowing down now in the later portion of his career. I believe he's uh, 41 or something like that. It's a bit of long in the tooth, especially for the amount of fights he's had and uh, against top opposition in his career. But Jordanis Ugas came out on top, getting decision victory, turning on the afterburners as the fight progressed. And Manny Pacquiao starting to show his age a little bit, saying that his legs started to cramp early on in the fight, which affected uh, his ability, obviously. But big shout out your Dennis Ugas, who is still a underdog going into that fight as a late replacement, coming out and getting the win over a dominant veteran who's got all kinds of tricks and still had some game in him for sure. I mean, he recently had that win over a uh, top contender like Keith Thurman so your Dennis Ugas retaining that title and looking to make a big fight for him afterwards potentially Manny Pacquiao saying he's about 60-40 on if he'll retire now so potentially Errol Spence Jr. will have to fight Ugas or Terence Crawford I imagine he'll be uh, free to have a fight we'll see what happens with this WBA mandatory he has coming up with uh, Sean Porter 
which uh, looking forward to. I believe that fight's gone to purse bids, though, so it's still up in the air when that's going to happen, where it's going to happen. But I'm very very looking forward to. That's kind of oddly worded. I'm very much looking forward to Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford at welterweight, though. The only one I see really testing Crawford at welterweight at this point is Errol Spence. Obviously, even those guys have had a hard time getting a fight made with each other, boxing politics going on for the last several years. So, fingers crossed, knock on wood, and, you know, do all the good luck charms in the book, and hopefully that fight gets made, but we'll see. Terrence Crawford had a a good interview recently on Teddy Atlas's podcast you guys should check out. Uh, Usually he's a pretty soft-spoken guy, doesn't give a lot of interviews out, or you know, he's not too interested in the promotion side of boxing, but I I think Teddy Atlas got got a little out of him this time, so free plug to his podcast. I don't think he needs it, but he did a good interview with Bud Crawford recently. Other boxing headlines. Uh, Olympic medalist Ben Whitaker from the UK has been teasing potentially signing with Matchroom Boxing over there. And that would be a big signing for Eddie Hearn in the Matchroom Boxing stable. I believe Whitaker fights at welterweight, I want to say. I could potentially be wrong on that, but he had some good fights in the Olympics. He was part of my Olympic boxing bet parlay I made. It didn't pay out in the end, but I think I went three for five or something like that on gold medalists. And uh, I was very impressed by Ben Whitaker, and he's got the right kind of build, and it seems like he's uh, got quite the pedigree here in amateur boxing, so he'll be one to look out for in the pros in the coming years. I'm sure Matchroom will give him a good build-up like they have in the past with uh, their signings like Joshua and Connor Ben, and name the name the boxer right now in the UK. It seems like Matchroom Boxing's the stable to sign with over there. Obviously, uh, Frank Warren and Queensbury promotion still have quite the stable as well and a, a long history in boxing. But uh, Eddie Hearn's fight camps and some of these pay-per-views he's putting on just seem to be at the top, top echelon in the world of boxing, especially him signing a new uh, huge deal with DAZN. you you got to think that uh, streaming in the future is the way boxing and most professional sports are going to be going. So, yeah, excited for Ben Whitaker's future. Also on that Ugas Pacquiao undercard, we saw Robert the Ghost Guerrero uh, make his comeback against Victor Ortiz, getting a decision win. Both guys making a comeback in that fight. And the Ghost running back the clock a little bit and outpointing Ortiz, going to the decision and getting a good victory. I think Robert the Ghost Guerrero is one of the first professional fights I remember watching. I can't remember who he fought with that I remember watching, but I remember watching one of those, I think, Showtime or HBO boxing countdowns, and he was on it. I'll have to go back in my boxing database and check out where I remember him from, but I remember being a fan of the ghost. A little clip came out of uh, Arturo Gatti's son training with Iron Mike Tyson on the heavy bag. Iron Mike showing him how to put a little bit more uh, 
pop on his shots on the heavy bag, but I was impressed by the power, the sound of the, the punches the little lad was landing on the bag. It's good to see Iron Mike helping out the youth a little bit. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if he's one of these uh, boxers, pedig like the, the pedigree that sometimes shows with boxers where their their sons get into the game and you, you can see almost flashes of their their fathers in them and their style or in something about them and if Gotti has even half the uh, heart and determination that his dad did in boxing I'm sure he'll do great still a young guy right now but another one to look out for in the future uh, unfortunately Gervonta Davis saw a recent headline was in a small plane crash on the weekend but he is okay allegedly it crashed shortly after takeoff but he's doing well the top boxer or top lightweight out of Baltimore it'd be bad to see him especially we've seen accidents in the past with uh boxers living the fast life like Errol Spence obviously who we talked about earlier and unfortunately what was his name he was Diego Corrales who sadly passed away in a motorcycle accident later on in his career but yeah Trevante Davis is okay so he'll we're looking to make fights with him in the future with guys like Tiafimo Lopez and Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney. They they got to figure that top of the lightweight division out, you know. So I'm glad Trevante is okay. Canelo Caleb Plant was announced for November 11th, which I remember happened just after uh, I finished recording my last podcast, and I was mad because I could have been early on to announce the news on that. But yes, for the unified super middleweight title Canelo having three of those belts and Caleb Plant having the last one he needs to complete the infinity gauntlet at super middleweight and uh, definitely edging Canelo in that fight hard to bet against the pound for pound best in the sport right now in my opinion and yeah I'd like Canelo to get a stoppage in that fight I think uh, Caleb Plant doesn't certainly doesn't pose any more threat than guys like Billy Joe Saunders did who had a top boxing pedigree as well. Uh, a lot of people kind of overlooking him, especially in America, as he was a fighter from the UK, but he had wins over a lot of top super middleweights, and Canelo made relatively easy work of him. And uh, I'm a fan of Caleb Plant and his story as well, but I'm giving the edge to Canelo, I'd say by relatively early stoppage. Look for another 6th to 8th round kind of stoppage, I imagine, in that fight but one to look forward to in November for sure. Obviously, Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley going down this weekend, continue with the YouTube boxing, which I said I wouldn't talk that much more about because I didn't want to give these millionaires fighting for uh, big purses any more free plugs, uh, especially guys who not necessarily earn those spots in the big shows to headline with guys like Tommy Fury and Daniel Dubois fighting on the undercard is a little odd that guys like Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley are, are headlining a boxing card like that. But it is what it is, you know, these thriller cards and the big Showtime cards now, I should say, the big names on them. They're raking in the pay-per-views, so it is what it is. I'm giving Jake Paul the edge in that one, actually. I, I followed Tyron Woodley's career through the UFC and even before when he was in strike force, and I just think he's on the decline right now. His last four or five fights showing that uh, pretty obviously, 
and Jake's young. He's entering his physical prime. He's got good trainings, good coaches, and obviously got knockout power. So I think, unfortunately for Tyron, he might get him up out of there. It depends how Tyron fights him. But I'd say fourth round TKO for Jake Paul is what I'm looking at there. And I don't know too much about Daniel Dubois or Tommy Fury's opponents, but I think they'd give them uh, some walkovers in that. They're both heavy favorites in their fights with Vegas. I know that much. So I'd look for them to get stoppages relatively early in their fights as well. If you want to make a little boxing parlay with those three, go right ahead. And another interesting headline I noticed that Anthony Yard, top light heavyweight, is fighting a man named Alex Theron this weekend. He's a heavy favorite in that fight as well. And I thought it was interesting just because Anthony Yard was getting some pretty big headlines uh, up to this point in his career. But after that loss to Lyndon Arthur, he came back and uh, won a fight. Or, no, I think his fight got pushed back to this weekend actually because... His opponent tested positive for COVID or something like that, or there was an injury. So I had no idea he was even fighting this weekend. Now, I, I don't know if it's the same opponent or not, but uh, yeah, Anthony Yard's in action this weekend, so might be one to check out and see how he comes back after that loss to Lyndon Arthur. Also going down soon, Amanda Serrano is fighting Yamalith Mercado, and she's a heavy favorite in that fight as well. So look for her to pick up a win. Uh, Amanda Serrano obviously could only be tested by the likes of Katie Taylor from the UK, who will be fighting shortly against Jen Han. I don't know much about Jen, but obviously Katie Taylor, a heavy favorite in that fight, coming off a fight of the year contender with Natasha Jonas. Or Jones, um, and September 4th, we see Josh Warrington having his rematch with Mauricio Lara. Uh, Lara is still an underdog in that fight, which I thought was interesting, even though he won the first fight relatively decisively as a last-minute replacement. But Josh Warrington showing some good stuff in the past, but uh, I'd almost want to tell you guys to take the underdog bet on Lara because he showed some serious power in that fight. And there's certain fighters that just have a bogeyman, and I have a feeling Josh Warrington's might be Mauricio Lara. So interesting that they're doing this rematch relatively quick turnaround for Josh Warrington. But it'll be a big card in Leeds with Conor Ben having his uh, postponed fight with Adrian Granados on the undercard of that one. So great fight cards coming up for matchroom boxing. Switch over to the world of MMA, shall we, in the UFC? Uh, I saw a recent headline this morning on my Google feed that a Brazilian strawweight was kicked out of her gym after she was impregnated by the head coach. And I was like, geez, Louise. There's shades of, uh, who is that Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach who used to teach out of Dominic Cruz, who's his gym there in California, I think, or Phoenix. His last name was Irving. I can't remember his first name, but he he was some shadiness. Coaches, man, uh, stay away from your female students. <laughs> That's a bad look, especially kicking them out after you bust. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it if I was you, especially nowadays. You're going to catch a charge. You're making headlines in the MMA world for all the wrong reasons. Um, you know, 
what's that saying? Don't mix business with pleasure. Uh, I'd listen to that potentially. Uh, Diaz, uh, Nate Diaz, I should say, is his brother. Uh, Dustin Poirier have been going back and forth on Twitter and social media recently. So they had a fight that got canceled at one point as Dustin Poirier had to get hip surgery and Nate Diaz didn't want to wait around on him to recover from that. But they've been going back and forth again. It was be interesting to see if Poirier takes his title shot with Charles Oliveira or he could potentially go for a bigger money fight against Nate Diaz. Be interesting to see what weight they fight at there as Diaz has been fighting at welterweight uh, for the last few fights in his career and Dustin's been fighting at lightweight but potentially meet at a catchweight for a big money fight or Dustin will fight uh, Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title potentially and Nate Diaz. Obviously interesting to see what he does after his five-rounder with Leon Edwards didn't go his way but he Looked good in the later half of the fight, rocking Edwards in the last round. So still obviously got some pop in him and is a big draw for the UFC. So whoever he fights next, I'm sure will be an interesting matchup. We saw Jared Cannonier versus Kelvin Gashlam on the weekend. Cannonier getting the decision victory, outstriking Gashlam pretty much every round. Landing some hard shots, uh, lots of leg kicks couple elbows, couple big knees. Gashlam showing the good boxing that he's known for and the dur- durability that he's known for. But uh, he's fallen to, I believe, 1-4, in 1-5 in, in his last fights. So interesting to see where Kelvin Gashlam goes for here. Cannonier had some interesting quotes after the fight saying that he's not necessarily going to wait around on a title shot because he's broke and he needs the money. So he wants to keep taking as many fights as possible here before the end of the year. So I'm sure there's some interesting middleweight matchups for him coming up. He says he's very much open to the idea of fighting the winner of Darren Till, Derek Brunson for a number one contender match, which would seem to make a lot of sense. Obviously, Paulo Costa, Marvin Vittorier, for October as well, so a lot of the top guys in the division are tied up in matchups at the moment, but they will be available for Jared Cannonier. It'd be interesting to see. I'd like to see him fight one more time in December, potentially, or somewhere around there, late November even. Uh, Jared Cannonier. Uh, the return of the MMA hour happened recently. Ariel Hawani leaving ESPN. Uh, going back to MMA fighting, he's Done a couple good podcasts with the top fighters in the division, so it's nice to see them staying loyal to Ariel after the time he's put into the sport. Uh, big fan of Helwani. Been following him since he was doing interviews in Strike Force, and I remember him interviewing Bob Arum back in the day, and Arum calling all MMA fans and fighters a bunch of skinheads and Nazis, which is really ironic considering he was talking to Ariel Helwani at the time. But, but, uh, Obviously, uh, big shout-outs to Ariel Hawani and glad he's doing well and continuing his great service to the sport. A big fight night. Well, not necessarily a big fight night, but the headline of the fight night coming up next is uh, UFC fight night, Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikadze. Uh, kind of lightweight gatekeeper, Edson Barboza. It might be getting fed to Chikadze here in this main event to give him a jumping off point to make a run at lightweight. 
Tom Aspinall will be fighting on Darren Till's card. It's been announced a big heavyweight matchup. I'm a big fan of Tom Aspinall and the work he's putting in in the heavyweight division. I'd say he's potentially the next heavyweight title contender coming out of the UK for sure. Uh, he's got some of the best striking in the heavyweight division, reminding me similar to a, a Cyril Gaon in his mobility. So big ups Tom Aspinall fighting on that card in early September. Dan Hooker's been announced to fight on the card at UFC 266 on the I don't even know if he's made the main card of that or if he's on the prelims, but that's a stacked card coming up in the later half of September. And notice all kinds of UK fighters and fighters in general selling watches in their Instagram stories of late too. It's like Man, everyone's got smartphones nowadays. Who's buying watches still? But I guess it's a flex if you got the money. I'm not a big watch guy, though. But I was just thinking, well, why are all fighters selling watches right now? It's a, it's a weird look. But hey, man, maybe if I could make a bag off of selling watches on my IG stories, I would too. So maybe I'm just a hater. Oh, and on that undercard this weekend, on the Kenanier Gashlam undercard, we saw a big late... F- Late late in the fight, wheel kick knockout from a Chilean fighter named Belandos. We heard that 10-second clapper go off. And right as the fight was ending, as soon as he heard that clapper almost, you could see it on his face. He's like, ah, I'm not letting this go any longer. You're not making it to the scorecard, buddy. And he just whew, saw the direction Buddy was going, turned into a beauty wheel kick, and got him up out of there. And a little headline... Outside the UFC, we saw Kayla Harrison in the PFL, the most dominant uh, women's fighter over there, drop a good promo saying that basically she's the top girl in that uh, organization and no one can threaten her over there. So I'm really hoping she gets picked up by the UFC after she finishes that PFL million dollar tournament. I think would be give her a great platform and we could finally see a girl give uh, Amanda Nunes a run for her money potentially as she's pretty much cleaned out the women's division in the UFC and obviously Valentina Shevchenko doing the same in her division. I haven't seen a lot of legitimate threats for those girls in quite some time. NFL headlines. We see my top <laughs> note in my notes is just don't bet on preseason. Said my buddy Maddie. Uh, talked me into making a stupid little bet parlay on preseason football, which literally means absolutely nothing. So we see all kinds of upsets and weird things going on in preseason football. So the best advice I can give you is just don't bet on preseason football, okay? It's just for figuring out the depth chart and getting a little bit of practice reps in for the young guys on the team. So it doesn't really make sense to bet on it. It's almost like exhibition games pretty much. But we've also seen some significant injuries from preseason football. Unfortunately, my Ravens starting linebacker A.J. Fort tore his ACL and announced that he'll be out for the entire season. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons lost their starting backup QB, A.J. McCarron, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. He also tore his ACL. Um, Tennessee Titans announced that head coach Mike Rabel We'll have to take some time off as he tested positive for COVID recently. We've also seen some 
depth charts getting moved around with Philip Lindsay looking to take over the starting running back position over there in Houston. So RIP to anybody that drafted David Johnson in fantasy like I did on a couple of teams. Uh, luckily, I also managed to pick, pick up Philip Lindsay as a free agent on a couple of my teams. So uh, it kind of worked out, I suppose. Uh, the Washington football team announced that they're down to about three names uh, after changing their names from the former Washington Redskins, but uh, having last season as the Washington football team and uh, trying to find something a bit more original this year. So they'll be announcing their new name shortly. There's been all kinds of fan brawls popping off and stands in this preseason so far and games in L.A. and Texas and Las Vegas so I'm sure we'll see some more of that makes for good world star content Antonio Brown speaking of fights got into a big fight at a joint practice before their preseason game with the Tennessee Titans Jamal is a fan of people punching the Titans in the mouth after the rivalry they've had with my Baltimore Ravens the last couple seasons Um, so good job Antonio Brown uh, <laughs> even though he got kicked out of the practice, I don't think he played in the game either, but big shout-out to Antonio Brown. And Andy Dalton, quarterback for the Chicago Bears, well, in competition for quarterback with the Chicago Bears, saying it's my time at quarterback, even though Justin Fields, obviously a top-round pick from the Chicago Bears, still contending for the job. So interesting to see how that quarterback situation shakes out in Chicago. Be interested to see the contract Andy Dalton got. I'm not sure to see if it's starting quarterback salary or not. I don't know how much of a case he has after his brief time as a backup in Dallas, but ending up playing most of the season over there uh, largely unsuccessfully. And before that, having kind of mixed results in Cincinnati. Obviously, I think most of his good results with the Bengals came from having good pieces on offense around him but yeah just interesting to see how that quarterback situation shakes out in Chicago and Zach Wilson looking good in a preseason game speaking of quarterbacks the rookie for the New York Jets showing a little life in their match preseason match with Green Bay and interesting to see if the New York Jets can finally turn it around a bit. Obviously in a tough division over there with the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Bills. So, yeah, Zach Wilson potentially leading the way for the rookie quarterback class. A couple of little other news going on in the world of sports. We saw Shikari Richardson, who is the American sprinter, who uh, didn't get to compete at the Olympics due to a positive marijuana drug test. She recently competed against some of the Olympic sprinters in the U.S. at a a big event taking on the Jamaican team and teams from other countries, getting her chance to show her stuff, but she fell short in that sprinting event, finishing pretty far down the pack, but saying she's not done. She'll continue to compete and uh, best of luck to her in the future, man. Uh, I thought she could have done a bit more for her performance. I wasn't a huge fan of some of the things she was saying in her post-race interview. I thought she was coming across a little salty about it. But I also wasn't a fan of how she got done uh, not getting to compete at the Olympics this year. And obviously that's still probably being in her mind a little bit. So 
I hope she can turn it around to potentially qualify for the next Olympics and see how she does there. So, you know, best of luck to Miss Shikari Richardson. And in my own sporting news, I've been busy training away from my half marathon. I did a practice 2K, 5K, and 10K so far this week for time. I uh, posted some good times. I think it was 8.35 on my 2-kilometer. Um, my 5-kilometer was something like 20, 22.30 something, something like that. And my 10K I did the other day was a, a little slower than I wanted. I ran 51.14. I wanted to get a sub-50 minute. So I'm taking today off as I'm pretty beat up from training. I've been basically running uh, competition pace races all week. So taking today off and trying that 10K again tomorrow. And ideally, <laughs> hopefully with this flatter course I've mapped out, we'll be able to run sub 50 or at least 50 on the dot I'm going to give her. So we'll see. And I'll keep you guys posted on that leading up to my half marathon at the start of September on September 11th, which will be the virtual Canada Army run. If you guys want to support the cause, it's going to good stuff to do with the Canadian Army. Uh, just go to the Canada Army Run website and look for fundraising. And even if you aren't participating, you can still donate. If it's something you care about, uh, at least look into it. And you could still sign up to participate in the races if you want to. I believe there's 1K, 5K, 10K. And half marathon, which is 22.1, and a bit longer. There's one that's 26.1, also, I believe. Uh, but yeah, man, you could really do any distance you want because it's virtual this year. No one's out there watching you. But uh, something to look into. I appreciate you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, got the new cover art up there for the podcast now. And uh, look forward to the next one coming up next Monday. We'll be breaking down all the fights going on this coming weekend. And I'm sure there'll be more football to talk about. So, peace out until next time. Peace.